yo, yo, Thought Warriors. What is up? Our learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan Jr. And it's me, Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Abscess on my tonsils. That's, wait, that was the whole sickness this entire time or it turned into that? Rachel, I don't know. Aww. Okay. Before we get into it, how have you been? I've been seeing you gallivanting. You're gallivanting again. And what do you mean? I've been seeing you different places. I saw you. No, you, you have had... Rachel, what are you talking about? I saw Maybe you. Maybe three in places different... I've been. Three places okay. I've been. You went to the Cocaine Bear premiere. Okay. I saw you at some place where you had jeans on and you were <laughs> uh where you you had jeans on and you had like a leather hat with some leather you were wearing something and you were with white ladies and or your friends I can look it up right now you guys were hanging out you guys were hanging out you something it was something was going on it was some kind of situation that was happening I love that you corrected and you said gallivanting gallivanting again just a gallivanter what is this here it is wait a minute with Whitney Oh, no. No, here it is. Yes, with Whitney. There you, you know go. Whitney. There it is. With Whitney. I know yes. Whitney. We had with a Whitney, we had a catch up. Y'all went weekend day photo dump. I saw that, right? And then I mm-hmm. saw, once again, you went to a premiere of a Lifetime movie. Gallivanting. My friend Chrishell. My friend Chrishell's in a movie. Yes. So, look, this is what I'm trying to say. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Why why do you act like you weren't vanting? You've been, you've been getting it? It's okay. No, no, no. I guess in my mind, we pod, we were podcasting on Monday. And so I'm like, what did I do from Monday till now? But it really, it's been a week. You're right. A lot has happened in a week. You know what I've been yeah. doing? I've been catching up on life. What you're pointing out, I'm catching up on supporting my friends. I'm catching up on brunch and gossip with friends. I've responded back to all my text messages at this point. I've answered all my emails at this point. I've literally spent the last week catching up. Now, I've been doing that, and you apparently have been trying to heal yourself. Nothing. So I had the sickness. Everybody knows that I was sick. That you had not diagnosed. You just kept saying you're sick. (laughs) But then I went to the urgent care. And they gave me some antibiotics and uh, some cough syrup. Remember, this was yes, before the Super yes, Bowl. yes. Well, we yes, we had a yeah, whole conversation. Yeah. Cough syrup situation. <laughs> but if you remember, I was feeling better. Yeah, I was fine. Yeah. Um, there was like a, there had been a, a like a like some kind of blister on my uvula right there, but it healed up. You know, I was feeling better. I was feeling fine. It was great. And so Super Bowl week, all next week, I was cool until that Friday morning. I woke up. And I was like, what's going on with my throat? Mm-hmm. I was like, it was one side of my throat that was hurting. And there was a little irritation connected to my ear. Not a big deal. I thought maybe there was a little drip back there, post-nasal drip, because yeah, stuff was still coming yeah. up. And it's like, maybe it's a little sore. I'll get to the day. It'll loosen up. Whatever, whatever. I'll take some stuff, get it right out. Not a big deal. Whatever's happening. I go to work out. 
It's bothering me before I go to work out. After I work out, I'm breathing hard, doing all that stuff. Now it's full on, it's banging. So I'm like, fuck this. I get a whole bunch of different stuff from the store and I numb it up because we still got to go see Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania. Mm-hmm. There's no way I can't mm-hmm. go see Quantumania. Can we Absolutely. All right. So we go to see Quantumania. Boom. And I'm like, because I was, remember I told you I was supposed to go to Colin Kaepernick's Know Your Rights Camp. Yes. And I, I even spoke with some of the people from the camp that night. And I was like, look, if I don't start feeling better in the morning, when I wake up, I'm going to go to urgent care. And then I'm going to see what they say. And then I might be able to come after that. Because it's like all, all day. Thing. So I wake up. Worse. I barely got to sleep that night, Friday night. I barely got to sleep. I couldn't swallow anything. So I couldn't like swallow saliva. So mm-hmm. like it, it, it was like, I was like, oh my God. And I had real trouble sleeping. Mm-hmm. So I woke up early. And I'm like, right, I'm going to be at the urgent care when they open. Get to the urgent care. The guy, I get back there. Oh, hey, what's up? You just, hey, we just saw you. Ha, 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 ha. Fuck you guys. Get me back there. I love <laughs> the people at the urgent cares, whatever. So the guy takes the uh, the little light thing. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly how it went. The guy takes the little light thing. He goes, hey, gets my weight and all of that. I'm like, I'm not getting on there. I know how much I weigh. Stop. Because I'm not doing it. And so like the whole t- blood pressure, whole nine. And he puts the light thing back. And the, he puts the light thing. Around, so, okay, give me an ah, ah. Puts the light thing in. Looking around. He goes, huh. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? He literally went, huh. <laughs> uh, okay. So you're not going to have to pay for this. What? This trip to the urgent care. He goes, we're going to take this off. Like, we're not even, because you should go to Cedars. Oh my gosh! And I was like, "Wait, what?" He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, you have, from what I can tell, um, it looks like you have, uh, an abscess oh my on gosh. one side. He's like, you, I mean, you can look at your throat, you can tell that it's all, whatever. I'm like, yeah, but I just thought he's like, yeah, so they're gonna have to drain, drain the it. So I leave that morning. It's like 9.30 or whatever. I was destined to be in the emergency room until 7.30. No, 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 you weren't. That's how long I was there. Like you weren't even in a room? I was in a room from probably about noon from probably about noon to seven. I was oh in a room. They went in there, they did all this stuff, I talked to a couple of different people, you know, whatever. They took all of my information, blah, blah, blah. Right in the register room for a while. And, you know, there wasn't, it wasn't any life-threatening stuff, so there were a lot of people right. there to be seen. Sure. So, from there I'm waiting. They bring me back, and then that's when it kind of starts. I think they're going to bring me back there and they go, they're going to go, hey, I'm going to give you this, blah, 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 whatever happens, you're on your way. And they go like, no, well, we're going to put an IV in you. I was like, what? Why would I need a... So no, we're going to put an IV in you and we're going to put steroids in the IV and then we're also going to put um, uh, 
antibiotics in the, uh, antibiotics in the IV. So they do the IV thing. I get stuck in both arms because they take my blood earlier. Then they put me in the IV, put the IV in me. So I'm there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm watching XFL football. <laughs> and, and and um the doctor comes in after a while and goes, Hey, uh, we're gonna wait for the ENT resident to come and 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 look. We but it's like, yeah, we've all looked at it. There's a peritonsal abscess, uh uh like and they're gonna have to drain it or take it out. So but and, I and how are you at this point? I'm chilling. Like, okay, okay. Like I'm chilling because I know I, have, you, I know how you can be. So that's why I'm like, were you chill? Were you were you panicking? Were you having anxiety at this moment? Well, or? I skipped the point. I skipped the part. Okay. I had to get an X-ray and I had to get a CT scan. Oh, oh wow! Just mm-hmm. racking up the bills. Yep, I had to get an X-ray and I had to get a CT scan. So X-ray, CT scan, peritonsal abscess, boom, uh, and then. After a while, the, the doctor that was in there, he comes out and he goes, the guy's going to come do it, whatever. And the doctor comes in and he goes, all right, look, this is what we could do. We got two choices of what we could do. Okay. He was like, one, we can keep you here overnight. Oh, my gosh. Because the mass that you have is a little bit over one centimeter. And they don't really get to be super gnar till they're like two centimeters. So he's like, the mass that you have is still pretty small. It's like, we could probably shrink it, nuke it, since you've been responding to the, 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 the steroids and the antibiotics. We can keep you here overnight, blah, 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 whatever, whatever. And I was like, oh, send me the fuck home. He's like, all right, well, then this is what we got to do. I have to take the numbing agent. You have to open your mouth. And I have to give you shots into your mouth to numb the area. Then I have to take uh, a syringe, stick it into the abscess and drain it. Mm. And he goes, right after we do that, the pain will be over. Like the the relief is instant. And I was like, okay. And we have to do that. And my nigga. (laughs) (laughs) My nigga. Pain was all the way through. I, I paid attention to what he said. Once that's done, it'll be instant relief, meaning you will feel pain all the well, way up until that point. I know he, he said a meant, numbing agent. He but... meant instant relief from the abscess itself. Okay. Um, but he's like, it's going to hurt. He's like, we're, we're like, we're going to numb the, the top part of it, but, you know, still at the bottom there, we're going to be digging around looking for stuff. So it's, it's he's like, it's going to hurt. Um, And so... We he did it, and uh, I, I'm still on steroids and still on the antibiotics and all of that stuff because they were able to drain it, but it was a small abscess, so there was there was still more stuff. It had to be shrunk down and stuff like that. And so, as soon as I can after this, I'm gonna get my tonsils popped out, gone. I have mine out. You do? When did you get yours taken out? When I was five. Why? What happened? Because I kept getting tonsillitis. I always mm-hmm. had issues. I don't know if I had an abscess. I was so young. I probably did. I probably got I, it from you. It I was probably so got bad. Abscess. Like I, I regularly had to visit an ENT. Like I can remember being a kid and seeing like the little, 
like they had little kid drawings and stuff to make it seem easier. It was like a cartoon of a person going down like in your nose and down your ear and your throat, like making it seem like it was not that bad of a procedure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, no, I had them taken out. But I always thought as an adult, they don't do that anymore. They don't take your tonsils out. They do. They say it's very, it's a very painful recovery. But yeah. I tell you what's not going to oh, happen. Oh, you're going to be out the podcast for a minute. No, they said, they said no. They no, said, don't they push said, it, Van. Don't push it. They said I'll still be able to podcast. Look at you trying to get a solo show. They said, <laughs> they, 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 they said I'll still be able to podcast. But he said, I just let you know, the recovery is pretty difficult. But they were speaking my language. The guy was like, you won't be able to eat. Some patients lose weight. You're going to have bras, I was like, hey. bras and popsicles. I was like, this, you might like this. Juice, smoothies. Yeah. Also today, it's a day, it's a time of medical breakthroughs. Also today, uh, I made a decision, Rachel, and Dude. I talked to my psychiatrist today to finally treat my ADHD. Wow. Yeah. So what does that entail? I mean, if you feel comfortable sharing. Well, I'm doing some behavioral stuff. You know, we're doing a couple of things. And then also, I got it. I don't like the way that two, sounds. Sorry. I got that it, man. Two for five. Behavioral stuff. I, I got that. Uh, I, got, I got that fixed for people. Oh, two that? for five. Wait, wait. Vivance or Adderall? Vivance. Um, so wait, how do you feel? How do you feel? You're on it now. You've no, been, no, I'm you've not been... on it now. It's, oh. it's, it's, it's been prescribed. We had it. We had it today. So it's been prescribed. I haven't, I haven't had it yet. I haven't gotten it yet. So that it's was coming. That was the call. That was the call. That was the call. <laughs> when I was still, when I was telling yeah, the guy, the yeah, the, that was the call. That was the call. <laughs> that so was it's, a plug. It's a, that's a plug. That's, that's the plug, man. Hey, bro, hit me with that. Hey, two for five. I got that vibe. That's two for five. <laughs> it was so funny as they were, uh, as my doctor. Shout out to Doctor Bowman. As Doctor Bowman was um was telling me about everything that we had to do. He was kind of like on the cool telling me not to become a drug dealer. You know? He's like... Listen to you now. <laughs> Dr. Bohm is like a... You know, Dr. Bohm is my doctor, black doctor, great doctor. He's my great psychiatrist. And Dr. Bohm is like, hey, you know, people have problems with this. And they have to ask you these questions. They have to be like, you know, if you have problems with other things, maybe I wouldn't prescribe it to you. Like, if you have problems with like cocaine. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, so, yeah. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Was he trying to fill you out? I'm like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, what? I'm, I'm like, what? He's like, I mean, it's something that we've never, but you've, yeah, that's not a thing. Yeah, well, yeah, is it? I'm like, what? I'm like, what? I'm like, uh, no, no, I'm, I'm good. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Because, you know, sometimes if you have something like that, maybe I wouldn't prescribe it, blah, blah, blah. And you know, then there's other stuff. Sometimes people get it. Maybe they what want to you know, sell it or something like that because it's kind of hard to get. And, and it's not something that you would ever, you know, you'd never sell it. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, what? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm just saying, you know, sell it to, as a street drug. That's not going to happen with what I'm prescribing. So I know that. I'm like, yeah, right. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah. That's not gonna, you know. That's not. He's like, he's like, yeah, hey, 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 hey. Just you know, he's giving me all the things that could happen. Giving me the. So we'll see. 
we'll see. I wonder what well, it does I'm to you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you Thanks. for taking that step and deciding to make that decision. I'm sure you won't regret it by any means. It's, it's going to be a great thing. What do you mean you're going to want, you wonder what's going to happen? It's going to be good for the Thought Warriors too because I'm serious about this. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people don't understand kind of, uh, you know, sometimes the blurting out and the interrupting and your brain going a million different places and all of that stuff, that's something that I've dealt with for like a very long time. Sure. And it's never really held me back from being able to uh, to achieve goals. But at this point in my life, I really want to be focused in a very specific way. And I want to be task-oriented, which is hard for somebody like myself to do. Um. And so, you know, I'm just kind of taking that on. And maybe it'll it'll mean that we have for you, better interactions here too. So it's just it, 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 you know. Oh, that means you're gonna you're gonna start paying attention to me? I pay attention to you all the <laughs> time. Kidding. That's some crazy stuff that the that the soulless jackals would say. <laughs> no, I'm messing they, with you. I'm really they, proud they of you. They don't even though. know. Thank you very much. Okay. Um is it time to get into the podcast? Is what are you gonna tell me? I don't know. I feel like there was something I was gonna say. You have to. You, you have to say it, Rachel. I can't. No, I'm not. I'm not holding back. I just oh, don't. Oh, remember. the NAACP awards. Do we want to talk about that? Maybe that's what it was. Yep, that's coming mm-hmm. up. You got my hopes up because you said that we would know by Monday if we had won, and that was not true. So I'm over I, here searching the internet like crazy, trying. I'm like, oh well, where is it? Where's the announcement? Where's the announcement? Nothing. Nothing. I have no clue what the fuck that thing was because it said it said Monday they were doing all the categories or whatever, but I guess what I was reading was either old or I didn't know how to read it. You so might have been in twenty twenty two. Everything everything is all on Saturday night and we'll be there. It's not televised. No, that's not true. What's not true? They've been doing okay. virtual award a virtual ceremony since Monday. Like you were right. All week they've been doing it and they announce awards. So I watched the virtual ceremony. It's like, oh, we're going to get announced. And it was nothing. And then Tuesday they announced more. And then Wednesday they announced more. I, I don't think we're not, I don't know if we're Saturday. Maybe we're Friday. Donnie, Don, you, Donnie, Donnie should have told Donnie. Donnie. We, it's confusing because, okay, I've heard a couple of different things. Uh, there is a, an awards dinner on Friday where awards are going to be given out but I've heard that our podcast is not up on Friday. So, but Black Girl Songbook is, which is also a Spotify ringer thing. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. So when is it? Listen, if we don't win, that's on y'all. Y'all didn't vote for <laughs> us. You should have. Damn, Rachel. Try, <laughs> try it again <laughs> next year. <laughs> so we'll be there. I went to, uh, to, get, my, um, to get my tux. Damn, I told Brian he didn't need a tux. Well, it's not a tux. I got a, like a dinner jacket. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I was like, yeah, yeah, it'll be fine to see. I, I got to be real. I'm so self-conscious, man. You're gonna, we are being honored, even as nominees, hopefully winners. You should be proud. It's, I'm so self I already told Extra that you were going to give them an interview. An interview on the, the red carpet of Extra? Extra will be on the carpet. I'm not talking to them. I already told them you'd give them an exclusive. Okay. Well, I'll give them an exclusive. <laughs> I can't. I, so I'll. So I'll do it. Right. 
But we're going to take talk, pictures on the carpet. But I want to talk about Soup Kitchen. Why? What? We are literally talking about celebrating our podcast and what we do. Never mind. That he doesn't do. Just well, what I'm on. saying is, how can I? Okay, so no Soup Kitchen. How can I fuck with extra though? Since I says I'm gonna be on the carpet, like what can I say to Extra to fuck them up? Can I say something about Billy Bush? Who's gonna be interviewing me from Extra? Melvin, he's a sweetheart. Melvin, don't say his name like that. I'm asking. This. I like the way you like the emphasis that you put on right. Melvin. Is he? Is Melvin. this Melvin Black? Melvin's Black. Okay. Melvin's Black. Well, I'll figure from I'll figure from Inglewood. He okay. and my producer Ray. My producer Ray will be there. Uh, Melvin is the new face of Good Day LA as well on Fox. Everybody yeah. check him out. He and Jen from six to nine on Fox. If you're in the LA area, Melvin uh, from Inglewood, huh? So he with blood. That's where the families be at? Inglewood family. He is not a blood. blood. You don't know he that. Is, actually, he's got New Orleans roots. His family came from New Orleans, moved to Inglewood. Uh, so before we move on, because we have to get into the show, this is like twenty minutes of pleasantries now. Well, we didn't have we didn't I, have it last uh, Monday. Tuesday. Let me ask you something. How do you know Melvin's not in the game? <laughs> I'm serious. Like, have you I, and Melvin ever talked about his background? Yes. And what um, high school did Melvin you, go to? What high school did Melvin Loy- go to? Loyola. See, okay, don't do so me. He, okay. He went to so, private so, school. So he went he's, to private he's school. He's Claire. Okay. He's Claire. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and Claire's got real good parents. <laughs> so, so Melvin, Melvin went to private school. He went to Loyola. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know what part of Inglewood Melvin's from? Because that don't mean anything either. No, because I'm not familiar with Inglewood in that okay. way. I know okay. where I go to get my braids and where the stadium is. I'm telling you, Melvin, I I, I think Melvin's in the gang. And oh, I, you know exactly who Melvin is. Because okay, tell me. you commented. During the holidays, Extra decided to do a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays video where everybody was dancing. <laughs> everybody was that. dancing. I was feeling the Christmas spirit, okay? I, I had a little that. holiday cheer. I had the little bounce going and everything. I was fitting the mood. Listen, Melvin is the one who organized it. Melvin was the ball-headed black guy who was um, dancing. That's Melvin. Now, ask me the question again about, about blood. I don't think he's in the game. <laughs> Ask me the question again. <laughs> I don't think he's in the game. That nigga, that nigga Melvin is my friend now. I fuck with Melvin. He's and great. With... And you will talk to him on Saturday. I, I've been commanded to and I will. Let's start the podcast. On the other side is uh, the big deal of the day, which I'm actually going to change. Yeah. What are you changing it to? I think we should do Jonathan Majors. Let's talk about Jonathan. Big deal of the day on the other side of this. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians 
who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Okay, uh, the internet's in a tizzy. Jonathan Majors, cover of Ebony. Not just him, though. Cock shame was revealed uh, from ASAP Rocky on the cover of, I think it was Vogue. British Vogue. British Vogue. Can can you explain to me the way the Vogues work? Is there a a picking order in Vogue? Seriously. Is there there one Vogue that's like... Well, I mean, we have our own Vogue here, right? But but like Giselle's on Italy Vogue or Italia. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how they they say it. So I, I don't know if one's better than the other if there I'm sure there is I just don't know it if you were going to be on Vogue right what Vogue would you want to be on you know, like what's I mean, what's the would you is it is the regular Vogue the most prestigious Vogue I don't know I mean I would think so the OG and everything else is a spinoff but watch me be wrong watch British Vogue be the one, number one um, I don't know, man. You ask me. Come on. We're not so these these two, folks here. These two uh, magazine covers inspired a lot of talk. Mm-hmm. ASAP Rocky was to some being led by Rihanna down the beach while he held the baby and covered his cock to the world. They said cock shame. Did you mm-hmm. see this? See the cock shame thing? Yes, and then, that's... Yeah, I saw Jonathan. the graphic where they like wrote all over it, like dissected it completely. Were you familiar with Cockshane before this? No. <clears throat> uh, and then Jonathan Majors was on the cover of Ebony, Ebony. Magazine. Very swole. Pecs, huge yeah, pecs. Swole. <laughs> uh, and he had, it was like a pink jacket slash boa type of deal. You know what I mean? People have seen the cover. It was a jacket. It was a coat. It was like a pink coat. Jacket. And it was inspired by an anime called One Piece. We we now know that. But people said that Jonathan Majors in this image, that it was emasculating the black male. And that we had two dueling covers of who can make the black man into a bitch the fastest. And it was, people were all up in arms. Everybody was up in arms. What has ASAP Rocky done? What has Jonathan Majors done? Um, you saw both of these, and obviously Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania came out. Jonathan Majors uh, has his first fucking huge, gigantic, big movie, which will, he'll follow this up with Creed. ASAP Rocky and Rihanna's family are welcoming another baby. Also, their family just performed at the Super Bowl. So these two men are probably loving their lives more than anything at this very moment. But according to parts of the internet, they're being emasculated. Yeah. 
the the black like it was black Twitter, right? It was a huge conversation with. Yeah, it was a huge conversation in our community. You saw it outside of that. No, but you know we can't You're make all of black. Tw- I'm making a face because you can't. We can't say that we've made all of Black Twitter responsible for saying that. No, these two I'm guys saying were this is where the conversation lived. I'm not saying that yeah. everybody on Black Twitter agreed with this, but this is where we saw the discourse. Right? It was something that was it within our community. I shouldn't be shocked that people had such a strong reaction to these covers, but I was. I got to be honest. I was. I don't know if I thought that we progressed past that and moved to a place where we don't adhere to certain gender roles that have been placed on us, where, you know, like we don't play into these ideas of the patriarchy and, you know, the way that you define Matt, like, I guess being masculine isn't defined in in a particular way. And especially... When you look at it's so odd. Like if you take the Rihanna and the ASAP Rocky cover, this is a man who's supporting his woman and holding their child. How that is a strong image. That was a beautiful image to me. And I loved and respected the fact that they didn't, I, I didn't even look at it as Rihanna dominating. This was about her. This was her moment. And her man was supporting her on this cover. With, I, I, I wonder, would the conversation have been different if it was just Rihanna? Would they have been saying, where's ASAP Rocky? Why isn't he a part of this photo? I think that people were reaching for something and they would have been upset either way. But to me, this was a powerful image to see this, like this beautiful Black family supporting one another, him holding her hand and, and, and like watching her do her thing. Jonathan Majors, first off, this is Ebony. This is a black magazine. So the fact that you would think that Ebony would be involved with emasculate, because like I guess when you talk about it in the bigger sense, this is whole notion of the Hollywood and white man is trying to emasculate the black man because they there's there's a history of that happening. Well, this is Ebony. And they're showing Jonathan Majors in in in, in my opinion in such a beautiful way. He's strong in this photo. He's sure of himself. He's taking command of this photo. Who cares what color the coat is that's draped on him? Who cares that he's holding roses and he's got a satin, whatever that red thing was, over him? To me, it shows somebody who was comfortable in their own skin. And I think if you have a problem with these two photos, then I think you are, one, I think it's extremely problematic. And I think you're reaffirming problematic stereotypes and putting them on this next generation of what a man is supposed to be and what a man is supposed to look like. As if ASAP Rocky and Jonathan Majors didn't have a choice in deciding how they were going to be on these covers. Yeah, I, I you know, so here's the thing. <gasps> Van, you don't what? agree? <laughs> no, of course I agree. But but I think it's, it's more, in, it's, it's interesting for me. Um, as I look at Jonathan Majors sitting right here, and it's got the, you know, he's got the jacket on, it's floral, he's got the paint background, he's sitting there, cock shame again. This guy's legs crossed, not showing the cock to the world. As, as men, we have to remember to show the cock to the world. That's what I've taken away from this. The, can't shame the cock. We you can't shame and the so cock. So it must not, also, it must always be out and about. You have to let it, let it, you have to unleash it. The, you Stop. can't you can't keep it in a pin. The cock chain, you know what I mean? The, the whole deal, you have to unleash it. Okay. So, 
um, with the ASAP Rocky Rihanna thing, let's just have a real moment of truth. Was she going to be in the background? It's let's her just be story. Let's it's, her it's, it's, it's her story. It's her story. Is she going to be in the background? Let's come on, on this. No. Yeah. Like, it, it's, on this, it's like no. you know what I mean. ASAP Rocky has had plenty of magazine covers. ASAP Rocky is a star in his own right. ASAP Rocky is a father and a partner. They have two children together, soon to be. Okay, was it's Rihanna? It's Rihanna's moment that people are talking about in terms of the Super Bowl. Her emerging after years of having not performed, this entire sort of uh, stepping into motherhood, emergence, yeah, all of that, all of that. It's and ASAP Rocky is there in terms of the Vogue situation, not in their relationship, in their relation, in their relationship, in their relationship. I'm sure that's not how it is. In their relationship, I'm sure they have a situation where they are co-parenting to where they have a, a way of making decisions for one another and making decisions for their relationship to where he considers her needs, she considers sure. his needs. So I'm sure that that's a dynamic that they have. Whatever works for them, it's obviously doing uh, uh, going fine. They are together, have been together, have one kid, have another kid on the way. Okay. But in that situation, it's it's her thing. If LeBron James is on a magazine cover, Savannah James is on the magazine cover. If the magazine is Sports Illustrated, it's going to be LeBron here and then his family behind him. It's like, we really kind of out there reaching for this one. Alright? Mm-hmm. Brother saw that. Like, How could she be leading him? Another thing I'll say is, I, I don't know, I grew up with a mother and a father in the household for my entire childhood. And I'm not so sure where the notion came from that black women aren't leaders in their households. Now, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that my household didn't revolve around my father because it did. Like, my father was the, the anchor of our household, no doubt. But my mother ran our household. No bullshit. And, and more and more than and more often than not, I'd ask him for something and he'd tell me to ask her. Yeah. And, he, and I, that's not a problem. When I look at that photo, I don't think that that's a photo that my father uh, would have had a problem with whatsoever. I don't think that's what I think. I think what the, pe- the people who were against this photo, I think what they were saying is they would agree with what you what you just said. Yes, a woman leads a household, but not doesn't lead like that. That's what they were saying. A woman, a woman has a certain duty, right? She is supposed to step into motherhood and she is supposed to take care of the house and home and the kids and lead in that way. For the people who had a problem with this magazine cover, she's the woman isn't supposed to lead with what they saw on that. That showed something different. And I'm not agreeing with that. I'm just saying that's what they would say. They'd be like, sure, yeah. But, yeah. Woman can yeah, lead I in the household. I think that's subject to, and you know, that's, but I, I agree with you, but that's where the problem in the interpretation lies. Absolutely. You're, you're gleaning so much from a picture. And at some point it tells me more about you than it does about Vogue or ASAP Rocky or Rihanna, whatever. 
The Jonathan Majors thing is really funny. And it's funny for a couple of reasons. <laughs> it, it's very funny. Okay. It, it's funny for a couple of reasons. Number one, number one, and I, I want to talk to all the brothers that had a problem with the Jonathan Majors thing. I am not sure. I'm not. I want to talk to them. I promise you, I promise you, promise you, it's all right. You don't have to worry about this one. (laughs) This one, because the brothers out there and they're trying to maintain the, the, the energy of black masculinity and they're looking for people who are trying to poke holes and buck break and emasculate and, and strip away the energy that they think that black men need to have to be uh, uh, strong representatives in their culture. And they're looking for all of these things. Now, a lot mm-hmm. of that is probably magic, doesn't really exist, but some of it does. There has been a history in America of trying to make black men weak, of trying yes. to make black men buffoons, of trying to take away the parts of black men uh, that white America would consider to be a threat. So you want to make him a sidekick. You want to make him a, a clown, a jester. Um, you want to take away whatever masculine energy that the black man exudes that white America is afraid of. And then uh, you want to make him into a eunuch. That's not something that people are, are making up. But I would say with the Jonathan Majors photo, the funny thing about it is it was it was diagnosed as something that's happening now it's like Donnie I want you to do me a favor for the people that are watching the podcast because I went throughout time and mm-hmm. I looked at some different gentlemen I looked at Tupac mm-hmm. the David LaChapelle photo shoot where Tupac is basically naked mm-hmm. in a bathtub and there are gold chains all around him Yep. now there's no cock chain he's got the cock wide open the legs are open yeah legs are open right but that's Tupac in who I don't think anyone would consider to be uh, anything less than masculine in a sexy type of photo shoot where it's like, I'm sexy Tupac man, naked in the thing. David LaChapelle is shooting it. Someone who's known for shooting high erotica in terms of his, uh, his, his photos. I saw that one. I went back and looked at James Brown and his sex jumpsuit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where he's wearing essentially a one-piece jumpsuit with his chest out sex on it. Sometimes a brother likes to get a little saucy. Sometimes a black man likes to be pretty. Nothing wrong with that. Earth, wind, and fire. Went back and looked at some of the stuff that Earth, wind, and fire were wearing. We're talking about things that were considered to be like tunics, one pieces, chests out, all of that. Parliament Funkadelic. The fact that black men have played, or performers, should I say, have played, and we're not even getting to Prince, with either what is traditionally considered masculine or mm-hmm. androgyny or mm-hmm. skin tight, whatever. Skin tight. skin tight. That is nothing new at all ever right. has been going on. I found a photo shoot of Mike Tyson where he's just in his drawers with a tiger. He's at his house in his drawers with a tiger. <laughs> is that emasculating Mike Tyson, heavyweight champion of the world? Big Daddy Kane posed for Playgirl. One, like one where his butt is kind of, is to the air. These brothers are not people who who are defined by the pictures they take. Right. Like, that's a really weird way to define, 
like a man. And, I, and when you look at all of this, performers, which we we're talking about, throughout the past have always engaged in pageantry. They've always engaged in, hey, look at this. Look at look at me, blah, blah, blah. It's always been that. If, be it Rick James, be it whomever. There's, for all the brothers that was rocking the Rick James, for what you've seen Rick James wearing in some of this, there's no, you would not go out in that at all. <laughs> for if you rocking the, any of that stuff. So this stuff is nothing new. And I'll tell you something else about it. Not only is it not new, the thing that is new is the version of masculinity that some of these critics are adhering to. Because pants were invented for the express purpose of riding horses. In history, pants started getting around because people need to be on horses. As people need to be get, get on horses, pants go everywhere. People are riding horses and stuff. How we dressed where we're from, we wore tunics. We wore loincloths. We wore feathers. We wore headdresses. We wore all of those things. That's mm-hmm. where we're from. The idea mm-hmm. of masculinity and masculine dress that's being litigated in some of these conversations is a very Western, European idea of how a man should look. And that look has come from centuries of dominance by one particular group. And it, and it just, when, when people were talking about Back in the day, this happened with Kanye. Kanye was on stage uh, and he was wearing a leather kilt. Somebody mm-hmm. would say a skirt. And it was like, that's not how a black man is supposed to dress. No, actually, that is how a black man dressed. For thousands dress of sense. years, yeah. that's how black men dressed. And the idea of how you're supposed to dress or what, what a man is supposed to look like, I just want people to understand then in a lot of cases, a white man told you. The irony of it. Yeah. Like a white man told you what that is. Like when you yeah. look at, I, I, I have a million different, Donnie Corona, a million different pictures I looked up, Jonathan Majors, and I can look back at um, at Western African tribal uh, chieftains or Western African brothers that are in tribes and they, are, they look exactly the same as him. They don't have, they don't have that type of muscle tone. Okay, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean. Not, not they don't have that type of buzz, but that's how they look. And so yeah. us yeah. celebrating being big, being loud, colors, feathers, all of that stuff. I don't. Sometimes I wonder if they know. If I mean, I guess I do. We know who. Yeah, they don't. I just think it's 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 funny the irony in it of you're accusing white man of emasculating us by putting us in certain things, yet you're reinforcing. Their culture, Western culture, right? As you just broke it down. Interesting. Anyways, they both look great. They both look fantastic. Let them on these covers. Man, do whatever the fuck they want to do. Look up some of this stuff. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. 
Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Um, okay, uh, Eminem. I have to, I have to, I have to get on this just real quick because. But tell them why. Tell them why this interests you so much, fan. Expose yourself. I'll tell you why. Because I'm in. I'm fully in. I, I get a phone call this week. Speaking of all the things that happened this week, I get a phone call this week. Kalika pops up on my phone. I'm like, oh my girl, Kalika. Yeah, we need to catch up. I haven't talked to her. I pick up the phone. Immediately, I find out I'm on speaker. And it is Kalika and Van wanting to talk to me because Van is all in on none other than Real Housewives of Potomac. And I don't just mean pass through the room, saw a scene he liked. No, he is well-versed on season seven of Real Housewives of Potomac, which is why this next topic is interesting to you because you are up to date on what is happening with these women. And Van, can I just say welcome? We're so happy to have you. I, what you're trying to do on the low is kind of like shame me. It's okay. I um, am. It, it, I am want to host a watch party. I am not trying to shame you. Let me tell you something. I I'm welcome in. you with open arms. Ashley Darby, Mia, the Grand Dom, Robin. <laughs> uh, hold on, hold on. Let me name them all. Is is one name Wendy? Yes, yes. You got Wendy, two more. Wendy's the smart lady. And then you got uh you got Candace. Okay. And one more. Uh did I say Robin already? You said Robin. Who's the other half of the green eye bandit? Bandits. So hold on, let me make let, let me name a moment. It's it's Ashley, Mia, Candace, Robin, Giselle. That's who you didn't name. Giselle. Okay. Giselle. Giselle Bryant. Shout, uh, shout out to Giselle Bryant. I've been watching. Everybody has her own little story. Okay. Everybody has their own story. Mia, her uh, the, is her family rich or not? The joint chiropractic. Have they gone under? Hmm, who knows? Okay. Candace, her husband, the white guy, cool guy. Did he say something inappropriate to Giselle? Hmm? Did he ask her to talk in private? Has he been dimming people? Find out. Who knows what's going on? Ask Darby, is she divorced? Is she not divorced? Who knows? Who knows if, whether or not she's divorced? She's got what's two the kids. What's the status that, of the prenup? What's the status of the prenup? She says she got fucked over in the prenup. Robin, blonde woman from Georgetown, the, the like hotel, <laughs> blonde like me, the hotel lady. They said that Karen, the grand dame, will fuck anything. <laughs> And she was having sex with people. So I'm watching the whole show. I've been watching the show. The show is good. I'm not going to bullshit you. Here's the thing. I'm, like, I'm not going to bullshit you. The show is good. Kalika's been watching No Jumper. I've been watching, uh, I've been, shout out to Lush One, the cocaine bot. I've been watching, um, I've been watching uh, Real Housewives. And I see the story pop up. Eminem oppose, opposes the Real Housewives of Potomac. The stars Giselle Bryant and Robin Dixon, they're trademarking Reasonably Shady. They have a podcast called Reasonably Shady. Okay? They want to mm-hmm. trademark that. But Eminem has filed an opposition against Robin Dixon and Giselle Bryant um, saying that it could, could 
cause confusion in the marketplace. The use of the word shaving could confuse consumers. Let me name this one. They launched this podcast in 2021 and submitted the trademark application in February 2022. And they are interested in producing merchandise associated with their show. I'm a fan of Eminem. Mm-hmm. Have been a fan of Eminem. Okay. I'm sure this is just business for Eminem. I feel a way <laughs> that Eminem is trying to act like somebody could reasonably confuse shady, reasonably shady, the show, with his brand of shadiness. It's a total different brand of shadiness. I personally think I'm uncomfortable, if I'm being honest with you, with Eminem, who I love, who I think Eminem is a great rapper and all of this stuff. He was, that was when I was, he was one of the first great lyric. I'm not, oh, that's bullshit. Fuck all that. Like, he's not one of the first great lyricists, whatever, but I'm saying when I was in college and I was listening to rap that was different than the rap that I was listening to, Eminem was one of the first lyrical miracle type niggas that I was into. I'm yes. going to be honest with you. I went into that lyrical miracle shit. Okay, I was, I was, I was into that fucking hot boys. That's what the fuck I was listening to. I was into I that. <laughs> Scarface is lyrical as fuck, but I was listening. I was listening to all of that shit, but the first, it was Eminem, and I really fucked with it. I, I fucked with Eminem, whatever. I don't like the fact that he's going at them talking about they can't have reasonably shady. This is, I don't think that that, Eminem, these two black ladies leave them alone, let them have their t-shirts and shit. What the fuck? Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. And I, I, too was a fan of, of Eminem more so back in the day. And I have known about Reasonably Shady since it, since it launched in 2021. And not one time did I think, oh, shady, slim shady. It, I never even compared the two. And so, I mean, Eminem is saying that people can confuse the shady, the shady name with his brand. I don't think that this is gonna, I mean, this is a waste of time and money on both parts, because they're going to have to defend this at this point. But I, what I will say, I'm upset with Giselle and Robin because you should have filed paperwork to trademark this podcast before 2021 when you had the idea. Why, why are you waiting almost a year later in 2022 to decide to trademark this? You should have done this and, and you could have avoided this. Maybe you could have changed the name, could have saved a little money. Now here you are, and you're going to have to deal with this, and now it's in this with the public. I don't think it'll withstand. I don't think people can confuse the two. But, you know, here we are. Uh, They'll be fine. They'll be able to keep it. Does he ever say reasonably shady? Does he ever use that term? I mean, it's I don't just know. Shady. Don't it's think, just the word shady. No, no. no it's, he's slim shady. Slim shady. Eminem is my own yeah. initiative. Let me tell you something right now. Eminem's music might have not aged like incredibly well in terms of, you know, just like wake up in the morning and put some Eminem on while you're doing your thing. But let me tell you. It's a lot of it's problematic. A serial killer hide murder material in the cereal box on top of your cereal. What? <laughs> Eminem was, Eminem crazy. Look, I, it's not, look, I, like, look, Eminem, Eminem was rapping. I would be like, what the fuck is he, what the fuck is this guy Seven different levels of devil worship of horses' heads, human sacrifices, cannibalism, cannibals and exorcisms, animals having sex with them, camels, mammals, and rabbits, but I don't get into that. I kick the habit. I just beat you to death with weapons and eat through the flesh, and I never eat you unless the fucking meat looks fresh. Eminem was doing the crazy shit. 
But you got to let these black women have their they, they trademark in them. Okay? It's fine. You think that he would, he, you, you have a problem because they're two black women? I have a problem because they're they two were black white, women. If they were white, you wouldn't care? Wouldn't give a fuck. I have a problem because they're, just, let's just keep it on the way though. I have a problem because it's two black women. That's what I have a problem with. Eminem, let's be real. Let's be all the way real. Made a lot of money off black culture. A lot of money off black culture. And he's always been good about that. He's always been good about the fact that, hey, you know, he goes up there, he wins the award, and Eminem thanking people had nothing to do with the album. Eminem, you know, everybody goes up there. I like to think my producer and whatever, and Eminem wins the award, he goes up there. Yeah, yeah, shout out Cool Herc and the Sugar Hill Gang, you know, <laughs> Grandmaster Five and Furious. You know what I'm saying? Like, Grandmaster Five and Furious Five. Eminem is thanking the niggas that invented the NPC. Eminem is thanking motherfuckers all the way back because he knows that there's a debt owed for him to be able to stand up there. And some of the things that he might have gotten, maybe because he was white MC. He's dope as fuck. Don't get me wrong. Dope as fuck. But he's, he's always been good about this. This? Come on, man. Two black ladies. They're not going to take no... But you... Let them have the shady shit. Okay? Just, come on. They, they, come on, Eminem. We're looking, we're looking at you. Mom Spaghetti. Mom Spaghetti, motherfucker. Okay, move Do on. you think he's aware? Sorry. Or he this, probably, is, just his his, this yeah. is just his team being like, up. Oh, we got deemed because somebody's filing this and they're, they're just doing just a routine. Protect the shadiness. But so can all you I'm be saying, mad at Eminem? Can you really be I'm mad at Eminem? I'm not mad at Eminem. I'm just saying, hey, Eminem, now that we know, I'm not mad. See, everybody wants to get mad. Now that we know, let the, let the ladies have their shady shit. They, they earned it. They earning it with some of the stuff that's coming you out. You are such a fan of that uh, Potomac. Uh, you are. And the thing is, what, what what thrills me is you don't even know what's waiting on the first six seasons that you have yet to watch because you got to go back. Like, I'm listening to you describe where they are now. And I'm like, oh, my God, if only you knew. If only you knew. I don't want to go back. Have you met Happy and Ness? See? No, who's, who's Happy and Ness? I met the Cookie Monster. Whitney's New Breast. Oh, Whitney's that's Whitney's New Breast. Happy Whitney's and new Ness. Wow. <laughs> There's so much. You just had no idea. The I met the, the the cookie monitor, the cookie monster girl, you know, the one that she looks like the cookie monster. It says she's Sesame Street. Sesame should I say? Street Se- characters. Sesame said. Street character. Okay. Uh Marjorie Taylor Greene wants to get divorced from you. She doesn't want to be a part of America anymore. Your thoughts just real quick. I, I mean Donnie play Donnie play Marjorie real play quick. Play the so clip. Yeah. Well, exactly, Sean. That's the problem and where we are today. And in, in my life, in my world, I, all of my friends are regular Americans. Everyone I talk to is sick and tired and fed up of being bullied by the left, abused by the left, and disrespected by the left. And our ideas, our policies, our ways of life have become so far apart that it's just coming to that point. And the last thing I ever want to see in America is a civil war. Um, no one wants that, at least everyone I know would never want that but it's going that direction and we have to do something about it hmm. my thoughts yeah um i think it's easy to write off or ignore some of the things that um marjorie taylor green has to say because she's always saying seems like she's talking out the side of her neck and majority of the time that she is but her saying she wants this national divorce or basically to split up the red and the blue states, it isn't 
that news. She's not the first person. She won't be the last person to talk about this. And this is something that we've seen since, honestly, it's a it's talk that different parties have had on both sides since this country started. So mm-hmm. it's not wild to hear her say this, but I do think that it's something that we have to take into consideration because if you look at where we are right now as a country, we're not getting along. You don't hear people who are just have this desire. I mean, yes, people love this country, but you just don't as a whole pair people say, we love where we live. We love what's happening in our country. We, you know, like there's no, we're not unified in any kind of way. So it's not wild to think that there could be talks on not just on the Republican side, but the Democrat side of what do we do to get better is the answer. Do we need to look at how this, you know, like the the Constitution? Do we need to look at how this country's unified? Is is there a way to maybe divide this country? And so I'm not saying that I'm for this. I'm just saying that I actually think wow. that this is this is a conversation that I don't think it's going to stop with Marjorie. I, I'm serious. Okay. I don't think that it's going to stop because especially with the Supreme Court, as right leaning as it is, you're going to have more Democrats that are going to be upset by the decisions that are made in this country and are going to call for some sort of change. And if we can't come together in Congress and agree and make and do things that unify this country to come together, we're going to continue to be separated. And it is likely that we could lead to some sort of division. I'll put it that way. Wow. Rachel, (laughs) I'm so shocked. Uh, Okay. 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 Um, I'm not saying it's, I agree with it, but mm -hmm. I think more people will start talking like Marjorie. From probably. So let's, let's talk about some of the talk in the past. Mm-hmm. In terms of the first time that there was a civil war, the first time that you know, uh, two sides, whatever. So there have been decades of sort of tension between the North and the South, and there are all kinds of things that create tension between uh, two different enclaves, right? You have cultural tension, mm-hmm. right? You bunch of Yankees, and you have economic tension, which comes from goods and services that are being produced uh, at that time. Um, in the South, a, a lot more, increasingly more as the country got older, goods and services were produced uh, in the South. The South was very rich, blah, blah, blah. And there were the hubs of media and things like that were particularly in the North. So there was a little back and forth there. And then what you had was obviously one flashpoint issue, which seems to be the thing that's missing in the Civil War uh, gumbo here. And that flashpoint issue was slavery. And there was a couple of different times that that was tried to rectify. You had the Missouri Compromise, you had the Compromise of 1850. But there was just, it was getting to a point to where there was just too many different things that were, it was coming to a head and that was the head that was rearing its ugly head was slavery. And that was the thing to where one side was like, hey, uh, we want to curb this. And another, the other side is like, this is part of our lifeblood. And we can't exist without it. And then you go to war. I still haven't seen an issue that uh, is that consequential to lead to that. What I've seen is a bunch of micro tears. And what's left to be kind of um, understood is whether or not those micro tears uh, lead to a gigantic fracturing or a gigantic rip 
in the fabric of America, right? And it it would seem like Dobbs would be uh, something akin to slavery, uh, but it's not. It hasn't been. It's been something that people were very afraid of uh, and are still working really hard to rectify. But for still, in my opinion, large swaths of Americans refuse to believe how crazy the Republicans are. And it doesn't matter what they do. We live in a, we live in a society now that's so distracted that we're literally banning books. Like we're literally, we're like, we're, we're not approaching something. We're like there. We're literally banning books. We're literally erasing history. We're doing all of these things, but there are still people that refuse to gird up their loins and jump headfirst into this battle. If there's ever one issue that changes that, you might see some sort of major, major, major schism that leads to an irreparable uh, conflict between the two sides besides war. You can you can look at it that way, or you can look at the fact that January 6, 2020 was the first battle in the American Civil War and everything else is a slow burn. It just depends on how you look at it. Yeah, I, I guess you talk about these micro tears. Is that the word you use? Yeah. Um, and I, and when I look at, there's so many of them, and I believe many more to come that they will leave, build up. I don't think it's going to be one single issue. If it gets to this, I think it's going to be a buildup of it. That's why I mentioned the power that the Supreme Court has. We've already seen them make decisions. They're already implementing certain things on the state level to be moved up a certain way to where the Supreme Court has to hear them and where these laws are going to change again. I think you're going to get so many of those that that's where you're going to have the issue because what the other side wants is less federal, like less control from the government. They want the power with the states, which is why Marjorie Taylor Greene says this is what our founding fathers wanted, because when this when this nation was started or when they came here before it was even a nation, these colonies were all running to get separately. They weren't unified. They became unified to fight in the Revolutionary War, not because they necessarily wanted to, because they wanted to fight to be one together to fight um, uh, against the British. So mm-hmm. I so she's saying, let's go back to a time where we all were all separated instead of, and didn't have much government, the government controlling what it is that we were doing. That's what I think is going to lead up to a civil war. That's why I say we're going to be divided because I think we're going to continue to see more power given to the states and it's going to change what we've, like Dobbs. I'll just use Dobbs as an example. I just think this could change things that have been in place for Decades and decades and decades, and that's what's going to build up to the bigger problem. So, I understand, um, but it's gobbledygook. It's nonsense. It's so. Let me, it, the a civil war? No, the. So I want people to kind of not people. Let me tell you how I look at this. First of all, there are a couple of things that, for anybody who might advocate or or think, ah, oh, this wouldn't be such a bad thing. There are huge, huge, huge 
um, both uh, military and economic consequences to a breakup of the union. So Definitely one reason, <clears throat> like one one reason why I think that something like that isn't likely to happen is because corporate America would have to sign off on that. There really hasn't been a war in years that corporate America hasn't given the okay to. And a lot of people are going to lose a lot of money if there's a civil war, like a lot of people. And as much as we talk about what should happen in America and what will happen in America, a lot of this stuff is, and there are a couple of issues that are, that are more cultural than they are financial, and abortion happens to be one of them. But a lot of these things have to do more with who's getting rich and powerful than they have to do with, uh, uh, with what people actually believe, right? Um, and another thing is like, for anyone that would want there to be two separate countries, like along the Mason-Dixon or however that would work, mm-hmm. would you really, really want a nuclear power just to the south of you that was run by the likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene? Oh, no. Yeah. Would you, would you really want a country with that type of economic strength with that type of, because they would have that, with that type of economic strength, with that type of military presence, just the sharing a border with you, with those type of, we're talking about Gilead. Yeah. Like, like it's essentially. Gilead. Would, would, like, would you, would you really, so I, I, I think the, 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 the disturbing thing about the, the talk of the Civil War is that that's the beginning. Yep. It starts off with talk. Mm-hmm. And then it moves into, but Marjorie Taylor Greene is a fucking buffoon. But she's not the only one who said it. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's all I'm saying is, we've been here before, not to this extreme, uh, as far as Civil War, but where we write somebody off. And I'm just saying, I think this is the beginning of the talk. I think more people will start to say this as certain things keep happening in our country. I'm not saying that I think we're going to have a civil war. I think there's too much fear of the unknown of what that will look like for people to f- fully, truly act on it. Would like you the, Would you be favor if if it could be peacefully done? Would you want to separate the country from? Uh, I don't. From I don't want to see what that looks like. No, mm-hmm. for exactly what you just said. Economically, I think that that weakens the way. Both of those countries, however they're divided, it'll weaken it against other outside foreign powers. I think we'll look so weak. It'll be so bad. What would Miami do? <laughs> Miami would what be in such a... I guess Miami's kind of a Republican stronghold in ways, right? Now it, would it is. Be, it would be so weird going down to Miami trying to get your shit off. You know, just if, 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 if Miami was they'd under create the, a new Miami. New Miami? That's what you would do. You'd have new Miami. New Miami, but it would be so weird to go down there and be called a boy. It's weird. (laughs) Okay. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello 
help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders is a football coach. Colorado. Pac-12. And he said something that pissed a lot of people off. Run it, Donnie. Now, quarterbacks are different. Yeah. We want mother, father, you know, dual parent. Mm -hmm. We want that kid to be three, five and up because he's got to be smart. Mm -hmm. Um, Not bad decisions off the field. Uh, at all mm-hmm. because he has to be a leader of men. It's so many different attributes and what we look for when we see a quarterback. And you would love a coach's son somewhere that the coach has coached him. And I'm not going down my road. I see you smiling. Cause I, know right, cause I, know, I, I know who, you're, I know my, who your quarterback is he's right now. My son. I'm like, <laughs> like, like old Lyman, I look for dual parent homes, right. a strong father that they adhered uh, to. Right. Um, smart kid, three, at least three, three. And above. You're also describing Hurts. Yeah, tough. Well. I mean, uh, physical. I mean, offensive line. My defensive line is totally opposite. What do you mean? Single mama. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Trying to get it. Uh, he's on free lunch. I mean, like, uh, uh, I mean, I'm talking about just trying to make it. He's trying to rescue mama. Do you have Who's an issue? Who's laughing? Who's laughing? It's Rich Eisen and the crew. Um, do I have a problem with this? Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I don't, has Dion ever said anything like this before? Um, I mean, I feel like I would have heard about it, so I, I don't really know. I don't think so. So I know a lot of times people accuse Dion Sanders as pandering to white people. This would be a moment of that. Interesting. I... He he thought he was funny. when, And I believe he believes what he said. I'm not saying he doesn't believe it. But I think he was also trying to be funny and to make them laugh, which he definitely did at the expense of Black people. I mean, here he is reiterating stereotypes, racial stereotypes against Black athletes and saying that he implements them in his own program. How can you not have a problem with this? And what's even more wild is you're describing the type of quarterback that you want and your son doesn't even fit in that. Does your son come from a two-parent home? I'm not saying that's what I agree. I'm just saying, Shador, Deion Sanders is divorced. Yeah. You're looking at me like it's not true. But he's married. No, he's not married. Deion Sanders is married to Tracy Edmonds. No, he's not. Wait, what? They're not married, yeah. Donnie. Donnie, yeah. they're not married. Uh, he is unmarried. Yeah, he's been unmarried since 2013. So your son doesn't fit into the stereotype that you Wait, look for in a quarterback. Tracy, Tracy Evans and Deion Sanders don't even live together? They might, but I but I she's out here a lot. You think she lived in you think she lived in Jackson, Mississippi? I don't know. My point is, is that your own son doesn't fit into whatever stereotype you say that you're looking for a black quarterback. So everything that you're saying, I don't know if you're being serious or not. I think you are. It's lazy. It's a lazy narrative. It's it's problematic. And it allows other people to 
hold these same type of beliefs in their own programs. And you're a black man talking about talking like this. Imagine what white coaches say, or now you're giving the excuse for white coaches to be like, well, Deion Sanders even implements this into his own program. Yes, I have a problem with it to answer your question. And stop trying to look up if Tracy Emmons is married to him. She's not. I've seen that they got engaged in 2019, but they have not been married. Stop looking for it. I'm telling you, he's not married to her. So he's not. So he, he, he okay. So he's not married to her. But I think that to say that Shador didn't have like a two parent household is kind of. You're looking for an athlete that doesn't have a two parent household in high school, right? That's when you start looking at these players, right? When you're recruiting them. Yeah, but there was always Sh- two people in his house, though. That's not true. They've been they've been living together since 2013. You don't know that. Anyways, I, well, I, I'm not gonna, we're not here to argue over that, but I'm just saying okay. it's a it's a is is that how he's gonna look at it? If he was if he if Shador was not his kid and had the same type of upbringing, I'm just saying mm-hmm. you want to you want a two pay a mom and a dad is what he said. Okay, so this is my thing about this. My thing about this is, are we mad that this is being said? Or are we mad because Deion Sanders said it? I'm mad because it's being said. Anybody could have said that and I would have had a problem with it. Okay. So then my thing is, and this is what I always wonder about Deion Sanders or even back in the day, like a Puff or anybody. Let me tell you why I bring up Puff in this situation. I'm not trying to let Puff catch any strings. But Back in the day, people would complain about their bad boy days. Like artists, it was very famous. The Locks complained about their bad boy deal. And, you know, Puff and the Locks went back and forth. Everybody's cool now. I feel like everybody understands. Like right now, Jess Hilarious is saying that she didn't get paid $15,000 from, from Master P for something. You know, kind of is what it is. And I think sometimes that people care extra when black people, black men are in positions like that and they play the game like the game is played. They care extra because they feel like those guys should have more insight or should value players or talent in a different way because they come from the same types of backgrounds. When I saw this, I thought that's all fucked up. Of course it's fucked up. But it's fucked up because it is commodifying the athlete. It's Mm -hmm. commodifying the athlete to a degree that assumes that said athlete is a prisoner or is somehow different as a human being in their makeup because of the, the, the experiences that they come from, the situation that they come from. Like a quarterback couldn't be great from a single parent home or, or that, uh, like a, a like a, a lineman has to be like hungry to get out the hood in order to 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 bust through an offensive lineman and get a tackle. And when you consider the fact that some of these uh, some of these situations are, if we're being honest, they're more common in some of the areas that Deion Sanders might be recruited. You feel sorry for the kids because they're being judged, which is the fear of sometimes being black in America. They're being judged not by who they are, but by 
the circumstances that they were born into. Okay. Mm. And that's unfair. And as black people, that's what we would like America not to do with us. Right. And to see Deion Sanders doing it seems like even more of a slap in the face. I have news for people, though. That is how this game is played. And that is a fact. That is, if you've paid attention to the interviews, not even in college, to the interviews at the NFL Combine or any type of scouting for your college team, what Deion Sanders just said is how dirty that game is. I've heard coaches say before that they don't want quarterbacks that don't have attractive girlfriends. Because if you don't have an attractive girlfriend, then you lack the requisite confidence that it takes to go out there and be a great quarterback. Those guys are making so much money at the level of football that they're coaching. We're talking about college and, of course, in the pros as well. The players are making money, but the GMs are making money too. That their jobs depend on every little aspect of grading and evaluating the player, and they are not fucking nice about it. We talked about, on this podcast, about when Colin in Black and White came out, and Colin Kaepernick did that thing where he compared the NFL Combine right. to a slave auction, and everybody thought that that was too far. That's how that is. I mean, they're not being—they're not forced to work. They're not. Obviously, we can't compare what our ancestors went through being in bondage to guys making millions of dollars, and I get yeah. that criticism, and it's not something that I would do. However. If we're talking about the way the black body is used, examined, um, like interrogated, investigated, and all of that stuff, it's pretty much the same. So I think in this situation, the disappointment that people would have with Deion Sanders is because Deion Sanders is black. Because if you have a problem with the the sort of uh, the metric that he's using to evaluate players, then you have a problem with college football, period. And if we're asking Deion Sanders to be better than that or any black coach to be better than that because he said he was going to turn Jackson State around or because he should understand how fucked up that is, that's one thing. But I hope that everyone that would watch football, particularly football, in this way knows that that is exactly the way these guys are, are are evaluating these players, particularly at the Power Five level, where minute differences in who they are could affect the way that they perform on the field to these vast degrees. So, 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 because that is the system that Deion Sanders coaches in, are you saying that that's okay? He's no, just playing I, the game? Well, well, I, well, it's a fact that he's just playing the game. But what the, I'm saying is... Which, wouldn't we have, or shouldn't we have a higher expectation for him to not do that to his own people? That is the question. The question is, should we expect Dion? And I think that's the question that we've been asking about Dion Sanders for months now. The question is, should we expect Dion Sanders to be should we expect him to be half coach, half activist? 
And a lot of people say he was half coach, half activist. A lot of people said, when you go down there and you say that you're doing what you're doing at Jackson State uh, because God called you to do it, or you're doing it for this, or you're doing it for that, that you made yourself half coach, half activist. For me, what I don't understand, to your point, is why we're sitting around having this conversation with Rich Eisen. I don't think he understands the optics to that. No, and I don't think he understands how. I don't. I don't think he understands how that looks. The way I would want my and coach, I, I will. I would want my coach to be in a situation, and I'm not saying that my coach is because I don't. Brian, Brian Kelly hasn't talked about this, and coaches at Southern haven't talked. Like, I, you know, so you would hope that somebody would say that, and then somebody else would come in, particularly a black coach, and be like, "Well, these young men, young men are human beings, and what I want to do is give them the opportunity to realize they're present." and their future and not judge them by their past and what they were born by into. That's, that's what you would want. I also don't think Deion Sanders would have made these comments if he was on like a first take. Why? Which I, I, I don't think he would have said what he said to somebody who was black. I just don't. I don't think he would have. So I, you I, think he was shucking and jiving is what you're saying? I said pandering to white people. Oh, pandering to white people. Okay, that's a show. I that's did a job. say that. A, I mean, he okay. made other co- he made other comments during this whole um this talk as well. And he was talking about the weather and the lack of crime in Boulder, Colorado. He said, I love the weather and I love that there's no crime. He said it was four weeks before I saw police here. I had to stop him. Yeah. He's well, comparing I mean, it to Jackson. He's gonna, but you see what I'm saying? Like he was doing a lot of talking like that. And to me, I think he was doing that because of the, the setting and the stage that he was on. That's my personal opinion. I'm not saying your opinion is wrong. I'm saying, do you think, do you view these statements as being anti-Black? The statement that he made in regards to what he's looking for is anti-Black to me. Hmm. If, you, if you are reiterating racial stereotypes, Black ones, that's anti-Black. Huh. Devil's advocate, he never mentioned whether or not the players were black or white. So he didn't. But as you talked about, that this is how a lot of the coaches think, it's in regards to black athletes. Is so it mostly not? black athletes, because yes. we're talking about 65, 70%. No, you're not wrong. So you're not wrong. Just having I mean, a conversation. But I but when I when when I looked at that, I'm like, come on, Dion. It seems like we're kind of going. We would love to have Dion on the podcast to kind of figure out what uh, what the fuck is happening, <laughs> you know. But I will say, but like, but 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 I will, but I will say this though, just 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 so people know that what he's talking about right there is what they do. Now if we're expecting him to be different, or other black coaches to be different because they're black, which you know I have no problem saying that. I have no problem saying, well, hey, you should have an extra added bit of context to some of the things that you might say, think, or believe because you're black. And that's one thing. But that's how that game is run. We need a coach on here. If we can't get Dion, we should have a coach. I'd love to hear a coach say this is what they do. I don't think they would, but I'm just I'm, saying. I'm, I would I'm, love bro, to have a, a coach on here. I'm the kind of guy that goes to a recruiting board and, and, uh, like, and, and looks up recruits and looks up who LSU might be getting and who LSU might be not getting. The stuff that they say, guy has a great relationship with his father, his father's in his life, his blah, blah, blah. It's very, it's just, Who's it's just fact. Fans? The people on the message board and the people who are evaluating, like, this is kind of how they talk about these players. It's a fact. And you know what? And, and, and the reason, the reason why I think it's important to say that 
is because sometimes we watch and get into football and we've had this conversation without understanding that it's a fucking meat market. Like it really is. It's a, it's, it's a fucking meat market where they don't give a fuck about these young black athletes beyond what it is that they can do on the football field. Nick Nolte says something. Nick Nolte says something in Blue Chips. He's like, there's a kid out there and the kid, he's, uh, he's already going left. He's going right. He's getting up. He's dunking. He's already above the rim. And right now he's playing for the love of the game. But I tell you, something's going to happen to this kid. In a second, somebody's going to walk up to him and they're going to start talking to him. They're going to offer him a scholarship. And why is that going to happen? They're going to ruin everything he loves about the game because they know that their future employment is in his hands. And that's kind of, that's that's the way it goes. So, you know, I was I was shocked, I think, that we'll get off this now. I was shocked because I I think that I, I think a lot of people were shocked that coaches would think or say that. That's how that's how it is though. It's weird. Okay. Um, are you are, are you familiar with Grooving Gorilla and the Chicken Boy? Jesus Christ. Oh. Um, uh, <laughs> so. Big Groove. Uh, big Groove. Big Groove is who is this guy's name is. I've seen this dude before. I have to. I'm not familiar with the chicken one. I got to keep it all the way real, man. Shout out to Big Groove and everything that he got going on. I wish Big Groove. Nothing but success and whatever it is that he want to do moving forward. And I hope that Big Groove, like, dances his heart out and gets everything that he wants in life. Having said that, I hate that nigga, man. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. I wish I could be a little bit. It's, it's like, God damn, Big Groove. So, he used to go by the name of Grooving Gorilla, but he changed it. Uh-huh. And the other TikToker... Because he got it, backlash. We should say that. And rightfully so. <laughs> Another uh, TikToker that's on under fire is Elijah Smith, who goes by the handle Official Yuddy Gang TV. He eats food, basically chicken, and makes funny noises. Black, Black Twitter is referring to Elijah as the chicken boy. Uh, they did a collaboration together where they did, they danced and made chicken noises while eating chicken and waffles. I implore you guys to watch this video. I swear on my dad, I don't want to be offended. <clears throat> like, I promise y'all, I don't want to be offended. I don't. I'm like, yo, let these motherfuckers dance and eat chicken. And I had no choice. They took it out of my soul. But I, I, everybody was talking about it. Hadn't seen it. I didn't want to be offended. Are you offended by Groovy Gorilla and Chicken Boy? I'm not. I'm disturbed. Like every time I see Big Groove, I like immediately have to pass through his videos because I'm. 
<laughs> my mouth is on the floor every single time I see anything from Big Group. I am the I'm disturbed. You ever meet Big Groove before? No. And I'm sure he's a nice guy. And I'm sure the other one is too. I didn't even know who the other one was until this all came out. So chicken chicken I, boy. I, I'm not familiar with him, but I just find it all extremely disturbing. That's how I feel. As I'm not, I don't think it's funny. I'm not entertained. I'm disturbed. I gotta have, the, we gotta have Big Groove and Chicken Boy on the podcast, Rachel. For what? You have to. Because, because I don't want to give to... it any more attention. I think so. You should to let people know there is a petition out there to stop to to, to basically cancel them to, to stop. There's an sure. activist that is behind the Change.org petition that is please asking them to be removed, maybe from social media accounts, but for begging them to stop. And for me, I say if you feel that strongly about it, let's just not give these guys any more attention. For those who want to, to see them. For those who want to see it and participate and like it and follow it, good for you. For me, no, I'm telling you, man, right now, if we talk to him and he starts grooving, I'm out. I know, we got to talk to Big Groove. <laughs> I, I have to know. Uh, we, we For the people that watch the podcast, I really want you guys to watch the podcast this week because on YouTube because we're going to have pictures of some of the other people that I was talking about in terms of the Jonathan Major story. And we're going to show you that sketch from Big Groove and Chicken Boy. And if not, I, I want you guys to do homework. As you watch this part of the podcast, you should pause it, you should bring up the Big Groove and Chicken Boy video because there's no fucking way we can have this conversation about Groovy and Chick Boy, Chicken and Chick, without you guys having seen and participated in the video just like we did. Okay, so you have to do it. I don't want to be offended. I don't want to be mad. I swear. <laughs> I've tried, Rach. I'm like, I'm not going to be mad. I'm like, I'm not I've mad. seen Big Groove before. I've seen Big Groove before. And it's like, oh, Big Nigga dancing. It's funny. He's got very... It's not he's funny. Very, it's, he's slinky for such a big it's guy. It's the same dance move. It's the same dance move. It's just big like, groove. how long is this going to go on? How long is this going to keep going? So, <clears throat> and then I watched it. And I was like, nah, man. Big Groove got to sprain his PCL or something like that. Like, seriously, man. Big Groove, Big Groove got to pop a hammy. Like, not, I don't, I don't want nothing. Like, but Big Groove got to, not, not pop it, but Big Groove got to, like, strain a hamstring or get, like, a bosh up strain. Just Big Groove need to chill for a second. It's just so hard. They had the chicken like it was a mistletoe. And Chicken Boy was over here holding the chicken. <laughs> and it wasn't just, like, a regular piece of chicken. It was this big, ignorant, dripping piece of chicken. Like the type of piece, like the piece of chicken that a white person thinks that a black person cannot resist. Because, you know, if you put some regular chicken, like free-range chicken to a nigga, a nigga might be like, nah, I'm not hungry. But white people think somewhere that, like, if you get a big, ignorant, honey-coated piece of chicken that a nigga just can't say no, that's the type of piece of chicken that Chicken Boy had. And he lured Big Groove it was like sensuous between them. Like he lured Big Groove You over. watched it too much. Uh, enough. It's, it's like, I watched <laughs> it because I'm like, I'm like, yo, I'm so fucking mad right now. No. Like I'm so, I'm like, I'm Big Groove and Chicken Boy. We'll see. I seriously want to have Big Groove on the podcast though. What are we going to talk about? Cardi B says that we should get off Big Groove dick. Yeah, I mean, I, I think trying to cancel them 
and having a petition is a bit too far, although I found it funny. But, you know, to each their own. It's not for me. It's not All for right. me. Uh, mailbag. What's the end game? Mailbag time. Time to read your letters and then we'll reply to them. Oh, it's mailbag time. Write us with your queries and we'll chime in. All right. Uh, first mailbag question comes from Savon28. They ask, what's something you used to deeply believe but no longer do? How and why has it changed? Hmm. Uh, that I deeply believed that was true? Is that what the question was? What's something that you deeply believe, but you no longer believe oh. this thing? Maybe not even deeply. Um, Can I have a lighter question? Yeah, take this question is stupid. Yeah, it's uh, not stupid. It's not no. stupid. It's too deep. This next one is it's... super light. Okay, from Tarot Andor Chids, they ask, "What songs remind you of your dog or dogs?" What songs oh. remind me of my dogs? Terrible question. Over two. I'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you guys. Really sucks. A song that reminds me of my dog. I've never thought about. A song. I, I think Van and I both make up songs for our dogs. Yeah. So I, there is not like a. Uh, we do originals. Okay. Yeah, it's like y'all got yeah. some original examples. Yeah, like is is Wozily yeah. Wozily like Wozily Wabbit the Wabbit Pup of Dogs. You have uh, Hello yeah, Little Dog. Ne- those are, oh, that's the, no, no, those no, are you got to put it to a rhythm. Hello, or I, I, put, I put the, so I, I have a song called Hello Little Dog that is to the uh, Come On Feel the Noise beat. Hello, little dog. I say that when I come home. Okay. Well, mine is. I say, one I say of them. hello, little. Okay. What is, what is it? One of them. I say, we are family. Hey, um, hey, hey, Brian Copper Brownie and me. That's great. That's a that's song. Great. <laughs> that's okay. Fun. You know, I, I so it's I the guess that song reminds we are family. Yeah. Not, See, you know, so we, so that's a, well, you know what? We're both stupid because <laughs> number one, <laughs> the answer is come on, feel the noise, and we, we are, are family. family. <laughs> I'm sorry, Terrell and Childs. Okay, what's what's what's? Uh, it was a great question because it was true. It was a great question. Yeah, yeah, good ones. Okay, uh, last one is from Kevin O Fart Snake. They ask if either of y'all could, ha- if either of y'all have kids, what is the TV show slash movie you'd be most excited to show them? Oh my gosh, I like that. Um, TV show. The Cosby Show. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> You know how it just meant so much to me oh, as a kid. The Gospel Show. And movie. That's so nuts that she would say that. <laughs> What's your show? TV show? Mm-hmm. I don't know about if there's like a TV show. Movie would be like probably like Return of the Jedi or something like that. Depends on the age. Yeah. I saw, I saw, I saw. 
um, I saw like do the right thing when I was like ten years old, ten or eleven years old, oh. and it was uh, it was great. And I really appreciate the movie more a couple of years later because when I was that age, I just couldn't get past Rosie's titties. It was the whole point of being, you know. And then she they dropped again, and White Man Can't Jump. They came back. It was just a whole time in my life. I, it, I, there was a whole time in my life where I really realized that women are real. You know, it's a woman and titties, butts. Anyway, um, I pick a Disney uh, movie. Like hunch, hunch, Hunchback or Notre Dame? Absolutely not. That's not the first one I would pick. I you would don't pick like that like, movie? That's I'd a good pick, one. I'd pick like Lion King. Oh, speaking of Disney movies, I was in the theater for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania and they played, uh, they played the aerial trailer. I was looking around. I was on edge for whites. <laughs> I, I was. Like, they, played, they played the aerial Little Mermaid trailer. I was like, yeah. And what? She black, motherfucker. And somebody went, yeah, yeah, Hallie. I was like, yeah, fucking right. There you go. See? Look around. You got all wild up, up for no bit. reason. For no reason. No reason. Edge. Okay. That's enough, Mel Back. Uh, you have an unexpected ally of the week? Uh, yes. The athletic directors for University of Oklahoma and University of Texas. Because they are on a mission to bring the game, the Texas OU game, back to the afternoon. They haven't had an afternoon. I don't know this doesn't mean a lot to some people, but us diehard fans, it means a lot to. The game has been at 11 in the morning. And now that I'm on the uh, West Coast, that's even earlier. We like the afternoon games. We're able to get our tailgating in, get to the game at a reasonable amount of time. It's perfect. The sun doesn't hit you the same way as it does in the morning. I just appreciate that they're doing this for the fans. So if you're a Texas OU fan, you know what this means to you. And I appreciate that they're trying to move the game back to 2.30. You played yourself in a very specific way. Um, mine is James Harden. Okay. Late last week, uh, one of the survivors of the Michigan State shooting uh, was identified. This uh, international student, John Howell. GoFundMe informed the public that he is going to be paralyzed below the chest from the injuries. Another mass shooting in America. James Harden has made a donation to House family. In addition to providing game-worn sneakers and other gifts for him, he heard that James Harden was a fan, um, and he stepped up. Mm. And James doesn't get a lot of good press. People don't say a lot of nice things about James Harden. They're either complaining about uh, his style of play on the court, or they're complaining about other things that James may do off the court, whatever. You don't hear people say how much they love James Harden anymore. Uh, but this was a time where James Harden jumped on FaceTime and really lent his celebrity and his humanity to somebody else. And I just want to take a time to say kudos to James. Mm. Way to go. So it's, it's, uh, it's very sad. That is a, a really great thing that James Harden's doing and it is a sad story. My heart goes out um, to that to that young man and, I, and I, I'm glad James Harden did a really nice thing. I'd just like to point out that I thought unexpected allies were not black. Was that true? Was Donnie? Didn't we give it to Didn't we give it to Candace Owens one time? I didn't. Didn't Donnie, we give it to Candace? Is it your understanding that unexpected allies of the week mm. are supposed to not be black? No. I thought it was just unexpected. 
uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you, Rachel. You what? played yourself again. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, how many times has Rachel played herself? I in this thought show? the whole thing you, was they were unexpected. James Harden is not an unexpected ally. I thought they were supposed to be non-black. That was the whole I get thing. Because the you, word you, ally, you, I think ally exactly. makes you think non-black. So yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, maybe, maybe you guys are right. Maybe you guys are right. And I'm not even going to fight it. Hey, maybe you guys are correct. Unexpected ally. Cool. This was the wrong week for you to point that out. I acknowledged it. Are, is the Texas OU people. Okay? The fuck Unexpected. that got to do? Nigga don't give a Unexpected. fuck about that goddamn game. I, uh, if you are a cares? Texas OU fan, you do. And I said I, that. Maybe. I go, now this might not apply to most people. Sorry, Unexpected Ally of the Week doesn't have to Name be a Oklahoma universal. Name whole line You care so much about Oklahoma. Name they whole old Te- line I'm more on the Texas side. Stop. Stop it. <laughs> We're out of here. Go. Give it. Give it. Give it. <laughs> Take your thinking capsule. But do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan Jr. I'm Rachel Lynn Lindsay. Hopefully when we come back to you guys, we are NAACP Image Award Hopefully. Winners. Hopefully. And if not, we're taking Monday off. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.